Demolition Man is a sci-fi action movie about a present-day Sylvester Stallone hunting a violent criminal in the tranquil utopia that is 2032. Today we'll discuss revisiting the film, whether its comedy holds up, and most importantly, The Three Seashells. Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tara. Mellow greeting, citizens. Be well. Yes, very good. Enhance your cam. <laughs> this is a science fiction movie podcast. We get together, we talk about a sci-fi movie. We're in 90s season. We're working through a bunch of 90s movies for a good chunk of the, the remainder of the year, up until basically the end of November. And today we are looking at Demolition Man, starring Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes, along with a few good other names, actually. And Sandra Bullock, obviously, but there's a few, even beyond her, there's a, a few recognizable names in here that we'll, we'll get to. This came out in 1994. We'll start spoiler-free, as we always do. I assume many of you have seen it, but hey, we may have some younger viewers who have not encountered Demolition Man yet and uh, are about to discover its magic through us. So, mm. that's what's going to happen. Uh, the premise of Demolition Man is quite simple. Uh, rid ridiculous, but simple. Uh, in the near future of 1996, keep in mind, came out in 94, <laughs> in the near future of 1996, uh, Los Angeles is just a post-apocalyptic war zone. Uh, at least the glimpses we see of it. Uh, I, there's a shot at the start of this movie I swear looks like Blade Runner. <laughs> I swear it. Uh, but uh john spartan is sylvester stallone he is known as a demolition man because he always ends up destroying buildings when he's running after bad guys wesley snipes oh, is his cannon yeah 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 wesley snipes is marcus phoenix and no wait not marcus phoenix simon phoenix marcus phoenix is the gears of war character <laughs> simon <laughs> phoenix uh and he is the villain he is this evil bastard who kills people and is just generally villainous uh, and there's a big hoopla in 1996 at the start of the movie, and because Sylvester Stallone accidentally seemingly helps kill a bunch of hostages, not intentionally, obviously, but uh, is held responsible, they're both put into a new experimental prison system where they are frozen and serve out a sentence whilst on ice, which... I have thoughts on that, even uh, on it's just as a premise. We'll get to that later when we talk about it. But I've already got thoughts just on that. But 2032, uh, Simon Phoenix has woken up for a parole hearing. Uh, he escapes. He gets let loose on the, the city of San Angeles, <laughs> which is <laughs> this new utopia where there's no crime at all. And the police are not like they've never really dealt with anything other than swearing and maybe like some jaywalking. They, they are not equipped to deal with an actual criminal, an actual villain who will kill them if he's given the chance. So they have yeah. to wake up, you know, to catch this criminal from the past. They need to wake up a cop from the past. So they wake up. So versus Stallone to try and hunt down Simon Phoenix. And that is the premise of Demolition Man. Simple. It's, I mean, it's simple. It's just, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that, that pops up. I, honestly, the weirdest thing about watching this now is that we're only 10 years away from the, the date in this movie. We're, mm -hmm. 2032 is closer than 1996 is. At least we survived the big one. Yeah, that's true, yeah. The big, the big earthquake that uh, destroyed all the cities that we knew them as in California happened in 2010, apparently. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's good. Yeah, got, got, got out of that. Uh, so I'm sure we'll maybe have... Maybe I missed it. I, I didn't come back to California until the end of 2010. 
<laughs> sure. Maybe I missed it. I don't think so. <laughs> I think I'd have heard something about, you know, some devastating earthquake that <laughs> destroyed like, all the cities and now this new city's been formed out of the ashes. Like, I, I think I'd have heard about that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, maybe. I don't know. There's so much news now. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's the gist of it. This is something that I saw as a kid growing up. I'm sure you did too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I remember watching it on TV. So this is an old favourite, but it had been a while since I watched it. So uh, it was delightful. Uh, people who follow me on Twitter might have noticed I was tweeting out some lines uh, as I was watching the movie because a lot of them were kind of cracking me up. I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah, they're great. Uh, so... Yes. So as much as it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even call it a comedy, but there is a lot of funny lines in it. There's a, there's a lot of humorous elements to the movie, even though it's definitely sci-fi and action first, and then you know comedy's like a distant third. It's still very funny. So yes. Well, I, I mean, we're, we're, it's kind of obvious how we feel about it, but I suppose we'll just see if it's changed at all with this viewing. Tara, how do you feel about Demolition Man? I really like Demolition Man. It's really fun. Um, I think that the obviously the premise of freezing a man and awakening him to a very different future is always going to be really funny, which is why they made a whole show about it called Futurama. <laughs> it's like one of my favorite shows which of all time. <laughs> came after this, may I add? They they, yeah. they they stole it from Demolition Man, not the other way around. So just well, putting so that out there. Not stealing; it's inspiration. <laughs> sure, sure. Um. Yeah, in any case, I think, uh, yeah, it's one of the reasons you love Futurama is because you get a guy from our time waking up, in this case, uh, what is it, like 35 years? Whereas in Futurama, it's a thousand years <laughs> that he sleeps for. And honestly, like, this movie could have uh, worked with a little bit longer of time than 35 years, I think. It's about unbelievable. I'm not quite sure why, I, I'm not quite sure why they picked that amount of time unless he was going to, like, you know, reunite with his daughter or something, but it doesn't really come into play. So I, I don't know. Like, why did they pick 35 years? Well, it's, it seems it's, like it's not enough time. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit unbelievable in the time span, but I think it's because they wanted at least a couple of characters to have heard of him or, like, remember him. You know, there's the one old cop who knows who he is kind of thing. I think that's the only yeah, reason. It barely plays a part, though. Yeah, it's not I a big know. part of it, but, like... Like, I, I, I really don't care about this. <laughs> like, this is not, like, uh, something that weighs on my mind when I'm watching it. I, I think that, I think, I, I mean, like you said, we're only 10 years away from this. And we watched this movie when we were kids. So, like, it's not like enough time has passed. There's there's bigger, there's more guilty movies than this, though, with that. Like, you know, like Blade Runner, I feel like we're already a decade, well, not a decade, sorry. <laughs> we're already a few years after Blade Runner was set. So, uh, we had this weird thing where the sequel was coming out 30, 30 years later, but we're already, like, on the day. <laughs> that the original movie was set and we're okay but like even blade runner is like set in the future and sure we don't have you know uh synthetics walking around or, or robots that look like people that are helping us but there are still i don't know it's still a little bit more believable in blade runner than this where it's like crime is completely erased where people don't even know what it looks like anymore if in only 35 years and even still it would be only after the big one happened which is like 2010 so 22 so, years yeah yeah uh i don't know it seems a little unbelievable <laughs> yeah but like so much of the concepts of this future are silly enough that i, I don't think believability matters 
Like, I think you, t you take it as a light-hearted world. It's, it's not a serious science fiction movie at all. Too many of the things, like, the three seashells thing, everyone's heard about, everyone's joked about the three seashells. That's just a joke. Like, there's no possible mm -hmm. way they actually work, because there's, <laughs> it's just a joke, it's just a dumb thing to make, you know, him feel out of time. That's all it is. And, you know, uh, it's like, we don't have toilet paper, we've got the three seashells. How do you use the three seashells? Like, there isn't an answer, because that's, that's the point, it's the joke. <laughs> is that, of course there's no answer. But, uh, so, so taken in that light, I don't care that it's not that believable. There's there's, mm. there's a lot of little things in this that are completely silly that society would form into. Uh, yes, so. I love all the stuff in the future so much in this movie. Even um, even the opening 1996 part feels like oddly apocalyptic. Like I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. man, a lot well, happened I think it's in two years. This is like right after the LA riots, and so LA was becoming the new Detroit in in cinema. <laughs> In cinema, yeah. <laughs> because the opening shot is very Blade Runner, and obviously there's no like big futuristic buildings or like flying cars, but the way it looks at the city and there's like some flames coming up here or there, I'm like, that just looks like the opening shot of Blade Runner. <laughs> that's, that's what it looks like. Um, and there's like spotlights, and even the LAPD have like uh, like uh, tractors that say LAPD in big lettering on the, the shovel part of the tractor, and I'm like... yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure the LAPD doesn't actually have those. That, this is a movie thing. <laughs> Just like uh, Southern Green, they did that in Southern Green. <laughs> they didn't put a big initials on the front, though. No, no. They just had bulldozers yeah. come in <laughs> and remove all the people when they were out of food. <laughs> that, that, that felt more practical to me, though, because they're pushing, like, debris out the way so that the cars behind them could get through. This at least made sense to me, whereas the scoops in Silent Green just felt like, this is an impractical way of moving people. It's, it's, it's too hit and no, miss. It is, it is funny when it's not supposed to be funny, but it is funny. It is funny. Yeah, no, I, I, I concur. Uh, so... We got a bunch of other names in this. Obviously, we got Stallone, who's just pure Sylvester Stallone in his prime, quite frankly. I think some people would argue this isn't his prime. So they'd say that 70s is his prime or the 80s are his prime. I think... <laughs> it was great in this. Yeah, I, I think this age of Sylvester Stallone, this and in the following years, Judge Dredd, I think this is prime Stallone. <laughs> I'm all about this Stallone. And then he had Daylight the year after that. This is like 90s Stallone's my Stallone baby. <laughs> I'm into it. <laughs> is Daylight the one under the bridge? That's or not the bridge, but the, the tunnel. tunnel. Yeah, they get trapped in the tunnel. It's a disaster movie where they get trapped in. Yeah, he, I like that one. He's like the hot shot who's going to come in and save them all. He's the adventurer. Yeah. Um, Wesley Snipes, who I don't necessarily think is a great actor. In fact, I would say in this... He's pretty great in this. Well, no, see, this is the thing. I don't know if he's actually great in this or if it's just that his cheesy kind of bad acting just works perfectly in this. You know, it's just, mm -hmm. it's just a perfect fit. Because it works that he's kind of cheesy and bad. But he has a lot of really goofy, like, villain lines and stuff. And the way he delivers some of them are are, are pretty, like, you know, silly. But it works. In the context of this movie, it works. So, I love he's it. definitely memorable. But uh, Sandra Bullock, uh, she's dressed the same year she did Speed. So this is kind of like her other big thing from that year, I guess. Also, Peak Bullock. Yeah, also, wasn't uh, while you were sleeping, like, around this same time as well? I want to say. Oh, maybe with Bill Pullman? Yeah, I, I want to say that was almost the same year as well. Um, Probably, yeah. So she had a lot of big things. Uh, her performance in this is like, again, like you have to sort of look at it through the silly lens because right from the get-go, like the amount of like naivety and like just earnest that she is is like so unbelievable. But it, it after like five minutes, you start to get into it and you just sort of, okay, this oh is kind God. of charming. She's so adorable in this. <laughs> Yeah. She's very adorable. This might be my favorite Bullock. 
<laughs> your favorite Billy and Demolition Man. Yeah. Do you know what's so funny so as well? She's so cute. <laughs> well, I think what's so funny about it is that, that it's like the opposite of her character in Speed. Because in Speed, mm-hmm. she's this wisecracking, tough chick, right? Well, not like she's not like a bad, like she's not a badass fighter, but she, well, she was, she's put into she's kind of you know cornered into a position yeah. where she has to be, and she's capable. But she's a bit of a fast, not fast talking. That's not quite right. But like you know, she's 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 got a mouth. She you know she's a bit of a wise ass. She she you know she can keep up with. And whereas here, she's so like you know she's talked down by her boss. She immediately sort of gives in and says, "Oh, thank you for the the correction. My uh, you know." parameters like, there's a lot of weird dialogue where they just have what things worded fancy to make it sound futuristic <laughs> it just sounds stupid uh there's a lot of little things like that um but yeah she, she is good in the movie she's great uh but we, we have got a bunch of people in here uh her boss at the police station is bob gunton the same year he did shawshank <laughs> yeah what a year he's having as well <laughs> demolition <laughs> man is shawshank um i love their glasses in this He's got like the the round glasses, but they got like an extra rim on the top. Oh, around. they're cool. Looking. So his glasses have eyebrows, is what you're saying? Yeah, I like it. <laughs> uh, even the sunglasses are perfectly round though, as well. They're circular because yeah. you see them wearing them later on. Yeah, they're kind of like the John Lennon ones, but a little bit uh, a little bit more futurized. Mm. Uh, Dennis Leary uh, has got a, got a role in this. He's like uh, one of the underground guys. We'll talk about that part of the movie later, but. Yeah, don't love it. He's there. <laughs> uh, and then we also have, in a very small role, he's fallen a lot since Predator, but Jesse the Body Ventura is in here. I know, I saw his name pop up in the credits. I'm like, what? He's in this? I don't remember that. And I kept waiting for it, and he eventually shows up, but like, I don't hear him in the movie. He doesn't really have a line, though. I, don't think. I, mean, I think you maybe hear him laugh at one point, and that's like it. Yeah. Why was he even in the opening credits? Because he's a big enough name, despite the fact that he's basically an extra. <laughs> Yeah, apparently Jack Black was in this also. I saw his name pop up in the credits. Really? In in the end credits, yeah. He's like one of the people living, you know, with De- Dennis Leary. Uh, is it? Po- is it? Do you know it's the same Jack Black? Because it's a common enough name I could buy. That's just someone else named Jack Black. Um, I saw in the trivia that it was okay. him, but oh, I don't okay. know if his scenes are actually in the movie or not. But he's still in the credits. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's a name that I could believe that just some other dude you know has that name but yeah fair enough if it says that it's him it's him mm-hmm. yeah i never i never spotted him i can tell you that much <laughs> um no you need so. he's a he's the easy one to spot rob schneider your favorite actor he's in here <laughs> yeah he's actually funny in this though yeah i, I love how him and the uh the chubby cop they've, they've got this like sort of like high five thing to do where they just sort of like wave yeah. their hands in front of each other like that <laughs> and in unison though like their hands are in unison doing the circle yeah it's cute. Uh, you got that. Actually, why Honestly, am I? I, I want to get this out of the way. Um, uh-huh. I love this future. I would love to live in this future in ten years, where no one touches each other and like there's peace everywhere. It sounds alright to me. <laughs> well, this is actually one of the subjects. That I, I think we have to save it for spoilers so we can talk about some of the specifics. But yeah. I actually think about eighty percent of this future, which obviously the movie wants the the hero to like ruin and like make sure and correct things. I think about eighty uh, percent of it is actually good, and it, it yeah. should stay this way. There, there is about twenty percent, though, that I would say no is bad, and it's kind of a fascist kind of state where they're forced sure, to do certain yeah, things. Yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. get into like the Dennis Leary stuff. Sure. Yeah, but. because there is bad things about it. There absolutely is, uh, but there's definitely some good stuff, right? Uh, but there is bad stuff. Like, uh, I, I have Still, to. Go- if you have to pick like a future world to live in, like this one doesn't seem so bad. Yeah, but Star Trek still has sex, so <laughs> I'm picking Trek. 
filthy body fluid swapping sex. I don't know. This one seems all right, too. <laughs> that is virtual reality crap. I'm not having it. <laughs> um, and also, there, there is a, there's a light early on here where she casually just says abortions are illegal. And I went, oh, that feels a bit like a, a more serious thing to pop in there. Uh, so pregnancy, unless you have a permit. Unless you have a license. You need a license to get pregnant, yeah. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I mean, I suppose if sex doesn't doesn't happen anymore, then why would you even? What I'm saying is, is why would you even point out that abortion is illegal if you can, if no one's having sex, and therefore no one would actually need to have an abortion? Well, people, I assume, still do have sex, but they do it illegally. They're breaking the law. I don't think they. The I don't think the law. No, I don't think they do. I, certainly not in the. I mean, down in the sewers, sure, but like. Up, <laughs> that sounds like a weird set. But up in the, the the utopia, I don't think anyone is, because uh, she says that the way people have kids is they go to a lab and they like mm-hmm. go into test tubes and you know the scientists make it all happen. <laughs> I don't know. I think it all makes sense the way that it's set up in the world. Yeah. But anyway, that, that that stuck out to me as being oh, like I wasn't. I, I honestly, I was sort of struggling to think about exactly what the politics of this movie was by the end of it. Um, ultimately, I don't think you're supposed to think about it too much, and it's not really trying to say anything, but... I mean, I think it is trying to point out that this uh, future utopia is a little bit... Um, uh, how, do I, how do I say this? Like, anti-80s politics, like, uh, a bit more of, like, if people want to have no guns, and but, like, it's no fun in the future then, so <laughs> if we don't have violence, then we don't have fun. So I think it is a little bit right-leaning. Like, this is supposed to be their yeah. version of Starship Troopers. Like, see what happens if we let the the leftists win, you know? No, you're, you're probably right. Because there is absolutely bad things about this future, which kind of come from like the, the way it's controlled and, and how it exists. And some of the things that people aren't allowed to do, like, there should be more freedom for certain things uh, than mm-hmm. this world allows. Um but yeah, there is absolutely things like the fact that no one has a gun where I went, yeah, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> this, is, this is a good part of this future. Um, yeah. So, you know, like there was definitely things in this future where I'm like, you know, I got good, a good chunk of this sounds all right. <laughs> like there's, there's, you know, like I say, about 80, I'll, I'll even say two thirds sounds good. A third is outright bad. Mm-hmm. Right. I'll, I'll say about that. Um, so. Yeah. Well, it still, it still seems to be a capitalist future. Yes. <laughs> they don't really go into it too much, though, to be honest. No, not really. They don't really mention it. Uh, we only know it's the capitalist future because there's fines for swearing, so they must have money. <laughs> Otherwise, well, they couldn't they, pay their they fines. They say credits, yeah. Whatever that means. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter what the currency is. It's credits, fine. It's a different currency, but mm-hmm. the currency's currency. They're getting paid something. Sandra Bullock's been paid something for her, her boring police job. But... There, there is definitely times though when her character says, "Oh, I'm so bored of there been no crime to like fight. I want to be in an action movie, and I'm fine with that because it's a movie." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's you know, let's let's get to the fun." But in a real world, she's got a lethal weapon poster on her. But, in, but in a real in a real world context, though, all I could think was, "No, this is good. You shouldn't want crime. We we shouldn't want crime just so that police have something. To, if we didn't need police and we could just get rid of them because no one committed crimes, it would never happen, obviously. But if that was a thing, then great." <laughs> Yeah, it sounds okay. <laughs> we could do something else with those people. You know, something productive. I don't know. Um, obviously, that situation would never arise, but, uh, you know, like, mm-hmm. if we're doing Utopia, then, yeah, that, that, that seems fine. Uh, 
but I don't really think it matters all that much in the grand scheme of things because it's just a really like it's a light-hearted sci-fi action movie that's often very funny has largely a very good cast that enhance all the comedy uh the action varies from just being all right to being pretty good in a couple of places uh it's a bit cliched at times and how it executes the action i think the action's a little disappointing uh the director basically has done like one other movie and otherwise has only done shorts their entire career so uh you know maybe that's why but i, I you know i don't um I, I i think the film works quite well as is, is what it is uh which is this fish out of water cracking jokes about how things have changed um and i think inherently because we have to stay with stallone because he's the present day guy um like everything in the future is going to seem silly or stupid whereas a serious science fiction film would maybe have him recognize which parts of it are better than when he came from when mm -hmm. Clearly, because it's not like the world was good that he left. It was, it was like, it looked apocalyptic. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm glad they show it though. I like that they start with just how everything's just gone so wrong in the last two years from when this movie came out to where it was like setting. <laughs> I, I love, I love that it showed that the Hollywood signs like on fire. Because <laughs> yeah, because they say that uh, Simon Phoenix is basically. Like him and his gang have taken control of like an entire like district or something stupid mm -hmm. like that, where like no vehicles from like anywhere goes in except one bus, which is like what they, who the kidnap victims are. But uh, like you know, like people stay out because it's their territory. That, that's how bad the gang violence has got. Is that there's a whole <laughs> there's a whole district that's now gang operated that no one else that isn't involved goes into. Uh, mm -hmm. So you know, they set up a pretty severe world. Uh, for 96 but they never really question if like what if our future you know that becomes like it was then because clearly that wasn't right clearly that wasn't good <laughs> so um there is there is a line from stallone at the end that kind of implies there has, there's something in the middle that's the perfect balance of this like there's one good line from him at the end that kind of says yeah we need a bit of this future and a bit of the past together right yeah uh it's not much of a statement but it is there at the end and the movie I think in that statement, it, the movie's making it very clear. We're not trying to answer this. This was just a silly, fun movie. Don't, <laughs> like, don't read too much into this. I agree some of those politics are in there, but I think having the character say that at the end is saying, look, we weren't trying to, like, at least the people that were making the movie are like, we're not really trying to say anything serious here. Just, yeah. you know, that that's our uh, get out yeah, clause and we can move on. Just have fun with the, the antics. Uh, it is fun. Yeah, it's a very fun movie. Uh, I, I, I can't help but smile and joke and laugh at every silly little line that the future characters have. Stallone's reactions to some of the things that in the future are great. When, when the, the moment when he's uh, asked to be joined by someone official and high ranking, oh, you've saved my life. I wish to take you out to dinner tonight. Will you accompany me to Taco Bell? The look in Stallone's face when he says Taco Bell made me burst it. And I, I, I obviously, I remembered that plot point that Taco Bell is the restaurant they go to, but I, I didn't remember his reaction, like, like being so... And do you know what it is? Maybe it's because Taco Bell exists in the UK now, because the last time I saw this movie, it didn't. So now I've been inside a Taco Bell. <laughs> I know what it's like. So the idea of this, like, official, basically the mayor of the city, is like, will you accompany me to Taco Bell? Uh, and Stallone's like, uh, uh, sure. <laughs> sure. 
okay. <laughs> that's, 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 that's even better reaction he has uh, to after the dinner when he's with Sandra Bullock. Though. Oh, sure. Well, it was safe. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad that Taco Bell's still around in the future because... Uh, Taco Bell's the best when it comes to fast food. Yeah, it's worth mentioning. I've always heard there's an alternate cut uh, for Europe because Taco Bell didn't exist in Europe at the time and only just came to the UK in like the last like two or three years where the, the alternate cut dubbed the Taco Bell lines with Pizza Hut, which is owned by the same company, Which so it makes sense mm-hmm. that it would be another, you know, a restaurant owned by the same place. But um, the version I saw growing up from TV, from UK TV, uh, said Taco Bell. They didn't show the dubbed version that said Pizza Hut. Uh, every version that I've bought in the UK has said Taco Bell. Like, I think it was something for the theater release, and then I've ne- I've never seen any evidence of this Pizza Hut cut <laughs> existing. Mm. But uh, I believe it happened, but I- I've never seen it. Uh, you know. But admittedly, the joke worked better for me this time because I've actually had Taco Bell now, and I'm like, well, oh, this is just a fast food place. This is why it's silly. Yes. <laughs> Not in the future, obviously. In the future, it's like this fancy restaurant that they all mm-hmm. get dressed up to go to. People have, uh, yeah, you walk in and there's a man playing the piano, playing some classic tunes on the piano. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, no. Um, so, yeah, it's a good fun time. It's a good fun time. Uh, I think it's very good, at, by and large, at what it's doing. I think because the actions not the the movie's best asset i think that makes the third act a little bit weaker because that's you know all the big like final fights and car chases happen and they're, they're okay I, I do like the the very final fight i do think that's a cool ending uh it's really it's really Thank silly you. over the top and you know there's a, there's a so bad it's kind of fun one-liner <laughs> from stallone yeah well it's a callback to the beginning their first fight also which is kind of funny yeah yeah uh so um there's a few callbacks to their first fight at the start of the movie at the end, actually. There's a, there's a few lines that they, uh, they, they say, but... Yeah, so I, I guess we'll just give the spoiler warning so we can actually start talking about everything in the movie and uh, get into it. So, uh, yeah, so we, we, we mostly spoke about the 1996 stuff. It's just, you know, it's, it's you know, over the top, the searchlights, there's helicopters, Stallone, like, uh, rappels down into the building where there's some hostages. Uh, there's a fight... Which is Simon who starts the fire that blows the place up, which he's clearly planned for. And when they get outside, uh, like everyone's blaming Stallone because he's the demolition man. He's like, that wasn't me, that was him. And obviously, the plot of the movie is that he's going to be put to jail uh, in this ice prison because he's seen as responsible for the death of these hostages because they find all the bodies later, uh, despite the fact that he didn't get a heat signature for them, which. As explained later, it turns out they're already dead. Simon had already killed them. That's why he, mm-hmm. he didn't see them on the heat signatures. Makes sense. Right? I can't fault the movie's logic there. Because uh, I'll fault some other logic, no doubt, later on. But I'm not faulting that logic. Um, Checks out. But all I could think was like... Okay, I get that he's got a bit of a reckless history with buildings and stuff. But he saves people. Why, 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 like... Is this enough to convict him? Like... Because we actually see that it wasn't even him that started the fire or the explosion. It wasn't him. Right. None of it was him. So it's it's, right. it's all the kidnapper and mass murderer's words. <laughs> Not just that, but Simon gets parole hearing before Stallone? Do you know, I, I thought of that, but I actually think there's an explanation for that one. Oh, okay. But, but, well, it's because the... It's, cause the, 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 main main, charge. the main villain wants him out, so he probably just did that. Because I was thinking the same thing at the start. I was like, why is he getting parole hearings first? 
<laughs> he kidnapped them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Uh, you know, with the big twist. Yeah. It's not even a because he it kind of yeah, hits. it's like a twist midway through even. <laughs> even then, like you you hear him hearing the voice like super early. So by the time you like see it kind of pay off, you're like, oh yeah, it sounds like him. <laughs> like you already kind of figure it out, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean this stuff was pretty funny just because uh, we got our over the top Joker villain, which is Dennis Rodman or a uh, uh, Wesley Snipes. <laughs> Where did Dennis Rodman come from? <laughs> Because Dennis Rodman was known for having th- these kinds of like crazy bleached hairdos and stuff. Um, oh, I see. I see what you mean. Okay, the bleached hair. He might have been inspired from this movie, but. <laughs> well, Dennis Rodman was in a couple of movies. Yeah, like I mean, not as good as this, but he was in a couple of Van Damme movies. Uh... I re- I remember him mostly from the Oscars when he showed up at the Oscars as like I think I want to say like Madonna's date or something. Okay. <laughs> and then all his stuff, all his work he does in North Korea. For the love of his country. Um, I don't think you heard that, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> it's all right. Don't panic. Keep going. It's fine. Yeah. So all the work he did in uh, in North Korea, that's what I know him for. <laughs> that's all I wanted to say. Okay. Um, oh, but also the uh, okay. So so Wesley Snipes is. Um, <laughs> is playing with gasoline in this burning building there's fire everywhere and he's cut a bot or a barrel of gasoline so that it drips all over the place and then he's got a a a flame right up to the gasoline which doesn't ignite it (laughs) even though it's probably i mean i guess i don't know for sure but is gasoline so i, I questioned that be some vapor in the air yeah i questioned this as well that the way he was holding that blowtorch next to the the floor covered in gasoline i thought that seems close enough to set it off but Plus, I mean, the whole building's already on fire like there's flames all around them before it even goes up before he even like lights it movie and logic. Then when he does light it like it's no big deal even though there's a pool of gasoline <laughs> i don't know i don't know if gasoline's flammable or explosive but i'm pretty sure it's explosive right <laughs> or is that just movie science like getting in the way um i've never thought about the difference between flammable and explosive before so i don't really know the answer to this question but i see i see what the, i can see what the distinction is but <laughs> this 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 building blows up like it's got napalm like well it's it turns out it's loaded with c4 yes also, uh everywhere but, but the entire thing goes boom well this is a huge like practical explosion that they'll film somewhere yeah they must have found a building that was already gonna be demolished yeah. they're like we'll we'll, we'll use it <laughs> yeah we call dibs <laughs> hey that was common back then t2 had the same thing you know when the cyberdyne building goes up that's a real building that they had to uh, i remember this just purely because there's a, a joke with the cinematographer after they did the, the take uh, turn to cameras. Oh, was I meant to be rolling for that? <laughs> yeah. I still remember That's that joke. Funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a building here that was just demolished. I wonder if someone got that on film oh, okay. for a movie coming out. I don't think they do it as often. I know Nolan did it for Dark Knight. He wanted to have a real building like go up for the hospital scene, but... Yeah. Uh, Did you just wait, wait to film the movie till when uh, a building was going to get demolished maybe, anyway? Maybe there's just always a building somewhere in North America. You know, every week there's one building being demolished that you can sort of pretend something else. <laughs> okay. Hmm, I don't know. That's, 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 hmm. my, that's my guess. Um, but yeah, so 
yeah, he's taken and frozen. Uh, I, I do love that the way they're frozen, it's like this, like, it's like a laser beam that goes off and then, like, it, it's like a laser going up this, like, jacuzzi tub. Like, it's, it's like a clear jacuzzi tub, but you can see him inside. Um, and like, you see the laser go up and it freezes the water instantly in, like, a line. So it's not it's not just like they sort of, like, put him on, you know, a, a low setting and let them slowly freeze. Like, it happens very quickly. Um, which... I guess it's cool in the sense that when they wake him up later, when they have to wake up Stallone, I actually thought, oh, this is kind of like his Terminator moment in a weird way. He's, he's lying down rather than crouched, but the way he's in this sort of fetal position, like naked, I was like, this is very like Arnold Terminator when he, when he arrives mm-hmm. from the future. I was like, oh, maybe this is why they're, they've done done it this way. He just wants to be naked. He wants his Terminator moment? Yeah. He wants to show off his legs. He doesn't get to show off his legs enough. He's like, I like to get one of my bugs. Well, he and Schwarzenegger have a rivalry, which is why I think it's also in this movie. There's a joke, that yeah. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger becomes president one day. Yeah, uh, I mean, this, this wasn't the first time that this happened. It happened in Last Action Hero with the mm-hmm. uh, the, the Terminator 2 starring Stallone. Like they, they were throwing jabs at each other in movies for a little bit at this point. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's a friendly thing. Like, you know, like, obviously they eventually were in Expendables together and stuff. So, and lock up. I never saw that, but... I never saw that either, but I think it is sci-fi, right? The poster looks sci-fi. I don't think it. I think it's just a prison escape movie. Well, it looks like they're in some sort of future prison. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think it is, though. I feel like it's just a, a prison movie, but... <laughs> um, I'll add it to my list anyway. I should probably watch it. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, the we get introduced to the future. We get introduced to uh, Simon Phoenix waking up and just killing the doctor and the two guards that he's there with and murdering them brutally. <laughs> he's really good at being in this world. It's very surprising. I mean, there, it turns out there's a reason for it, but like, yeah. it is fun to watch him because he is just very good at escaping. Well, yeah, not only does he know and the murder. password to release the, release the locks, but... He also very quickly seems to just know how to use all the technology. He knows how to use the computers. He even has, like, kind of super strength. You know, he pulls someone out of a car and, like, throws them in a way where it's like they weighed maybe, a, you know, a few pounds rather mm-hmm. than, a, you know, a, a human being. Uh, which, as explained, like, when they later on when they find out that, like, basically inside these ice prisons they can, like, pump in, like, skill, almost like the Matrix to an extent, where they can pump in sort of personality traits. So the joke later on with Stallone is, is that they've pumped in like knitting skills to him, so he can knit stuff now, uh, which is really I just. I forgot about that when I watched uh, when I watched it today. Versus yeah. like watching it originally, I do remember him like like playing with the yarn for some reason, but I couldn't remember like that he had this skill. Yeah. All of a sudden. it doesn't come up that much to be honest. It only comes up a couple of times, but it's like just a funny little gag that he was given this peaceful thing. But it's there to set up that it can be done because then when they look at uh, Simon's like rehab like program, it's like oh martial arts training, computer techniques, uh, also enhanced strength. I'm like, wait, they can do that? Like that's a bit yeah. of a bold thing to just throw in there. <laughs> you got you got mutant genes getting pumped into them or whatever it is. And Stallone is a seamstress. <laughs> Yeah, so all, all that is explained, but we get interested in the future. We get interested in Sandra Bullock's character, uh, that she, you know, lives for the 90s and action movies and wants this past, like, wants some excitement. Uh, we meet, uh, you know, Rob Schneider, who's like the uh, guy at the front desk and the various other characters that are around. Um, Rob Schneider actually has one of my favorite jokes in this movie, funnily enough. 
Um, so when Stallone's woken up and he sees the older guy and he's, he recognizes him and, they, and they're like, ah, oh, shit, it's you. And they, you know, they're, they're, you know, clap, you know, they're shaking hands, high five and whatever. And they're saying all this stuff to each other and they're talking, you know, very friendly. Uh, it, it comes to Rob Schneider and like the, the chubby guy and they're like, why are they, th- it's like they're friends, but they're, they're talking to each other so crass. And Sandra Bullock turns around and says, Oh, if you did your research, you would know that this is how insecure males used to uh, bond together. Mm. And then immediately, Rob Stark goes, I knew that. (laughs) (laughs) I I just thought that was really funny, because I was like, this is how a a modern insecure male (laughs) would speak. Yeah, that didn't make me laugh as well. I I I thought that was a good joke. I thought it was a good joke. Uh, I like Rob Schneider in this. He's actually funny (laughs) in this. I suspect he didn't write his own jokes. That probably helped. Yeah, he didn't uh, Dennis Leary yet. Why, did he write his own lines there? Uh, He definitely sounds like he's just pulling from his, like, five-minute stand-up. I didn't realize... That was always Dennis Leary's thing, was that he just complains, like his... I I didn't even know he did stand-up. This is news to me. Yeah, uh, he did stand-up. I want to say he did Saturday Night Live for a little while, too, but maybe I'm... Maybe I'm mistaken, but... I remember his stand-up being all over the in the 90s. Hmm. I think he had a TV show. Uh, oh, in okay. any case, but his, his shtick is always, I'm upset. He kind of had like a uh, <clears throat> George Carlin kind of a thing where like he's upset about everything, but he was more on the right than left, but not, not a lot. I don't know. I can't quite remember, but he, he's, yeah. He, he's a fast talker and he's always upset about something <laughs> about probably things being too pc sure uh yeah no i i think there's a, there's a few good gags when they wake up still obviously eventually like they do sell the shock and horror and all these characters when they see that someone's been killed and it's like murder death kill murder death kill and they're all like oh no another one and and then there's like another one in the, the, the car park where he steal, steals the other person's car. And it's like, there's another one. Oh my God, he's on a rampage. How do we deal with this? And there's a there's a great sequence where they send like a patrol squad. Like they figured out how to track him because of what the car he stole. And everyone's like, oh, see, police work in action. We found them already. Send a squad. And they send in like five or six, you know, policemen to apprehend him. And the guy's got this little computer and he's like, Right, what did I do? Sorry. <laughs> and so, sorry, he's like, ask him to lie down with his hands behind his head. Uh, and of course, Simon just uh, you know, says something. And the line that popped me in this scene was that after he tells him to F off or something, the, the, the cop just looks down and goes, he, I tried to do what he asked, but he responded with a, a, a what, was the word? what was the word he used? Scouring? No. No, damn it. I'm going to look. I tweeted it. I'm going to check. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tweet what the line was. Uh, but scornful. Re- scornful. It was a scornful remark. That was it. That, that's yeah. what made me laugh. Um, yeah, this cop is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a line. It might be from Rob Schneider again, where that really made me laugh too, about how like we're police officers. We're not equipped to deal with a... <laughs> with a murderer or something like yeah, the, yeah. With, with violence <laughs> yeah. they also actually I, I just looking at my quote here they kept referring to him as the maniac because like the maniac responded with a scornful remark <laughs> it was the exact line and it just really made me laugh because it was so silly uh, other great line just since i'm looking at these because i'll forget to mention this later when sandra bullock sees stallone in action later on she comes over and says 
you're better alive than you are on laser disc. And I went, oh, that's dated this. <laughs> they thought laser disc was the future. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's she's got nineties nostalgia. She probably has a laser disc player. Aye. For lethal weapon three. Aye aye. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's a really funny scene where obviously he just like tears through the cops like they're nothing, and then that's when Sandra Bullock's like, you know, we need a cop, we need someone, or I think it's, no, it's actually the old guy because the old guy, of course, remembers who used to catch these guys because they're asking him how how did you catch him before, and he's like, well, we did all these things. We need a maniac cop. <laughs> but essentially, essentially, I mean, essentially, though, that is what it is. We we the maniac cop to catch the maniac criminal. That's that's essentially yeah. the plot of the movie. Um, and it's like we need John Spartan and Sandra Bullock. Like John Spartan, I've heard of him. And actually, what a great name! Yeah, it's such a movie action hero name, and that John Spartan. But John says American. Yeah. What? What? My one of my favorite laughs of the movie as well. Actually, is when they're doing research on him. And they're watching this clip, uh, and he's like holding a little girl that he saved. And the reporter's like, "John Spartan, Detective Spartan, you've 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 built down a multi-million-dollar mall to save a girl who the hostage fee for was only twenty-five thousand dollars." And the little girl goes, "F off, lady." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I I love every single time Stallone swears, and you just hear in the background this. Eh. <laughs> Sam, you've been fucking oh, yeah. one credit. It's not and, even just him. Wesley Snipes as well. Like he, he's done it all over the place, and you hear but you just... hear it like when he's right next to it. You hear it uh, like when it's further away in the room, <laughs> or like in another room. You can still hear it faintly in this. <laughs> Every single time he swears, it's so great. It's so consistent. Uh, and it made me crack up every single time. Yeah, no, I, I really like these little clips. If if I have any complaint about the movie, really, is that I don't actually think it being called Demolition Man feels that important to the like the character. Like, they they say that he's always demolishing things, and but in the opening sequence of the movie, it's not him that demolishes the building, and we get these little news clips, but it's mostly just talk. We never actually see him do it, really, yeah. <laughs> except for maybe the ending, I suppose, but. But I, he is supposed to be like this um, this classic trope of, you know, a loose cannon um, a, a cop who doesn't play by the rules. And yeah, yeah. Whatever, doesn't care about the damage as long as he catches the criminal. And it's a thing that we see in movies still even today where they're like, can you really get away with like destroying a mall to save one person? Um, and it's just, it's. I, I just think the title sounds ultra specific, like a superhero name almost. And I don't think yeah. he actually does that much demolishing. <laughs> also, guess. it doesn't really tell you what the movie is. Oh, not at all. <laughs> Which I, I don't think is a bad thing. I don't think every title needs to tell you what the movie is. Like Silence of the Lambs does not tell you a goddamn thing about that movie, and it's a great title. I, yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess it's a book title, so I think maybe in the book it it's a bit more prominent. Maybe I know there's like a story that it's, a, not, it's in the movie but you wouldn't know that yeah, yeah. before you see the movie that's the point like it doesn't tell you anything about the movie yeah i guess that's true the um although i, I do think there's a little bit of silence in the lambs influence here we got it you know we need a maniac to catch a maniac they gotta uh, get help from a, a prisoner it's uh, a bit of a stretch i don't know you that's, don't a, think so? that's a bit of a, a stretch bit, it's, it's, not, it's nothing like we gotta that go get our hannibal lecter to catch uh, buffalo bill if if Silence of the Lambs had Hannibal Lecter like being let out to go and like you know try and bite him, then I'd, I'd agree with you. <laughs> well, without the cannibalism, 
<laughs> well, no, because it's more of a consultation. If, if she just went to a cell and talked to <laughs> Sylvester Stallone and learned from mm-hmm. him, then I'd be like, yeah, it's exactly Silence of the Lambs, but in the future with, like, you know, silly shit. <laughs> I, think it's a, I think it's a little bit there. It's a little uh, bit, I don't like, know. They're, they're sending the pretty lady to go talk to, uh, to go get the guy who's the expert because he's of this time and he they think somewhat alike because they're from the same time. Mm. No, it's a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. It's a bit of a stretch to be, but... Okay, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You, 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 if you, you can think it if you want. I, I'm just... I just it's a bit of a stretch. That's all I'm saying. Uh, so, one of the I things that... I think what I want. One of the things that crack me up... I, I think it cracked me up, not because it's necessarily funny on its own. It cracked me up because it's Sylvester Stallone, and it feels very un-Sylvester Stallone is when he shows up at the station at the start and the chubby cop goes over to do his, like, you know, non-touchy handshake thing, and mm-hmm. Stallone grabs his hand. But he doesn't just shake it or whatever. He he does, like, the, you know, the... Like that, and then the fist pump. Like, he does the whole, like, you know, multi-tiered handshake. I'm like, that's not a Stallone thing. <laughs> Which is what made it funny to me. It's like, I can't see Sylvester Stallone doing that ever. I don't know, maybe with his buddies. <laughs> it's just, it's, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's just not a Stallone thing to me, but, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it is, maybe he loves doing that all the time, I don't know, but. I, I felt like I went through that when I moved to California, when I was a kid, and like, everybody would be like, hey, what's up, and then they put their hand out, and I, I wouldn't know what to do, and I just either shake it, or I just kind of give it a sideways high five, and they go into the next thing, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to do, I'm out. Wow. <laughs> too much. I guess too we're not com- friends now. It's too complicated. I can't, I can't be doing it. I don't. I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that, that really cracked me up. Um, the you know the, all of this conversation early on and him just like his reactions to everything. There's no meat. There's no this. There's no that. And I'm sure you love the no meat part, being vegan. But <laughs> yeah, this, this future seems okay. <laughs> uh, but the. You know, there's lots of things that... You can't get behind the no salt, though. Like, come on. Food's got to have some flavor. No, uh, salt's horrible. I hate salt. Like, I'm, 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 I'm all on board the no salt train. That's so weird. Salt sucks. Salt doesn't add flavor. It just adds the flavor of salt. It enhances the flavors with salt. No, it doesn't. No, you just taste of salt. Mm. <laughs> my favorite food <laughs> salt sucks i hate salt um that's why i, don't, I never steal fries from people because people put salt on them i'm like no i don't want it i mean usually they come with salt on them but i well i'll specify no salt if i can oh, okay yeah i'm serious you think i'm kidding i'm not i need to go let the cat in to talk talk about uh uh, I, I guess it's the museum stuff that's next, really, because they, they're sort of like, he's going for a gun, trust me. And he's like, the only place you can even get guns in a museum. And then Stallone's like, well then, <laughs> let's go to the museum, because that's where he's going. Yeah, the museum scene is pretty funny. Um, in order to find uh, the weapons, he has to go to the... It's not history of... I think it's just, like, the Hall of Violence... And it's full of like racks of like uh, shotguns and pistols no. and rifles and <laughs> like I buy that there would be a museum with all the guns there. What I don't get is why there's ammunition and why they're, they're all functioning. All <laughs> like I also don't buy like I mean I like that we get to see um, 
Wesley Snipes' skills in uh, doing his judo kicks and stuff to the to the glass. I don't understand why throwing a person would be better than just the, his own like monster kicks that he's able to do. I, I agree with that sentiment. Yeah, <laughs> but apparently throwing a security guard who's barely a guard. Who, by the way, uh, has the infamous line. Uh, what seems what's to be the boggle? boggle? What seems to be the boggle, sir? What what's your boggle? <laughs> uh, boggle me this, Batman. <laughs> yeah, uh, he gets stuffed in the window. Uh, yeah, like I buy that there's guns there. I buy that, but I just I don't understand why they're functional, and certainly I don't understand why there's ammunition <laughs> in them. Yeah, uh, it's ridiculous. But and we do get a future gun, uh, a gun that's got. I actually, I, I did like that though. I like that he sort of went, wait a minute, I'm in the future. Where are the, the phaser guns? <laughs> Where are the lasers? <laughs> uh, it's sure enough, it is useful. But I, I suppose you have to keep in mind that like, this gun had to be invented before 2010 because after 2010 is when everything started going utopia. So, yeah, uh, yeah. so it wasn't that far in the future for the laser gun really. But, uh, you know, worth, worth mentioning. Uh, there is like a casually, and I get that he's the villain, so he's supposed to be a shithead. But he is like casually very racist at one point here that I did not remember this part. Like a, a group of Asian oh, yeah, people yeah. walk past and he just starts doing this like racist noise. I'll, I'll just say noise. I don't, <laughs> I'm not going to do it. But, uh, but uh, I mean, he's the villain, so I, I guess. But, you know, like, it's like, oh shit, yeah, okay. Uh, I don't think you would even have the villain unless you were specifically doing a story about racism and you, you know, that was the point. I don't think you'd casually have a villain do this like today, like at all. No, probably not. Uh, but uh, it, it did stick out to it me. It does make him instantly unlikable, even though he's got oodles of charisma in this movie. Mm. Yeah, he's 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 very evil. I love how when Spartan comes in, because obviously he gets there, and there's a lot of jokes about how he can't drive the car because it functions differently and all the rest of it. Um, but when they, when they get there, I love that Wesley Snipes hears the voice goes wait that sounds familiar who is that and then shoots like three shots and then and then waits for the answer and like did, were you assuming you weren't going to hit him <laughs> were, you, were you firing warning shots off <laughs> like, they, they keep having this conversation where they're firing shots at each other in between every line i, I don't know it just it cracked me up a little bit uh but uh also the trip there uh they like the one of the radio stations is just uh old commercials they're yeah they're they're oldies yeah, for so. all these stations, is just like uh, commercial songs. <laughs> I think when they walk into the museum, there's like the Jolly Green Giant. Oh no, when they walk into Taco Bell, yeah, the man on the piano is playing the the Jolly Green Giant song. <laughs> <laughs> the Love Boat theme plays at one point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, sadly, I don't recognize any of these because they're all American culture, and none of them yeah, are really the commercials. I mean, some yeah. of them are definitely made up. Oh sure, yeah, but the. The Jolly Green Giant's not, though. Love Boat obviously isn't. Uh, and Taco Bell at the time was obviously a real thing, just not. I don't know if Taco Bell places. had a theme song ever or a little jingle. It just has the bell. Dong. Taco Bell. Uh, the I mission mean, bell. It's called Taco Bell. If there wasn't a bell sound in their commercials, I'd say, like, whoever's running that advertising needs to be fired immediately. Yeah, I guess, I guess it starts. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it started in California or not, but. Because we have a lot of missions here, but obviously because we're, you know, close to the Mexican border, so. Um, and that's a Spanish influence, so I guess that's where it comes from. But in any case, there's no theme song to talk about. It's just a mission bell. 
Yeah, yeah. Fun fact. <laughs> for, for whom the bell tolls, get them tackles. That's an ACDC song, right? Or is it an album? Uh, I can't remember, but yeah, one of those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, no, nah, it's a bit of actually. It's kind of a fun location though, because they've got like a like the basement area. This this uh, museum. There's like a preserved section of like a ninety street that was like there from the earthquake. Uh, mm-hmm. so like yeah, they walk over yeah they fall into it when they shoot the glass and stuff uh, so they, we get like an action scene playing out in this like you know post-apocalyptic like part of an 80s street <laughs> it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a fun little visual difference to the rest of it's almost like the first time they have a fight in the future it ends up in like a setting familiar to them but then when they fight again at the end it's going to be nothing but futuristic stuff so there's, mm-hmm. there's an interesting just to make them feel different I appreciate that choice yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes sense. Uh, but we find out, yeah, obviously the, the villain, the mayor dude, he's behind it all. And he wa- the reason why he's woken him up and giving him all these skills is he wants him to kill Dennis Leary's character, uh, Edgar Friendly, because he's the leader of the, the, the rascals who are round about stealing food and graffitiing on things. Do you know what he is? He's very like the villains from Hot Fuzz. He's, he's very much just like a bigger version of that. <laughs> I don't really remember the villains from... Ah, oh, but it's it's like the, the town council who like don't like the there's like a, there's like a human statue who keeps showing up in the plaza and like that's just an outrage like this guy's here it's very much no. the way this guy talks about the graffiti it's just like an HOA thing. yeah uh, <laughs> so no, I, I don't know I, I got a chuckle out of that but uh, that sets up some plot stuff and it's just whatever uh, I mean would, I, I suppose you may want to talk about uh, Sandra Bullock's many uh, mispronunciations of sayings. Let's go blow this guy. <laughs> uh, she's, she's so earnest in this, you know? It's so cute when she says things like that. You really licked his ass. <laughs> you really matched his meat. That one also sounds really dirty, actually. <laughs> <laughs> licked his ass. I was thinking match your meat, but yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they both, obviously they both are. Yeah. It's funny. She's funny. Yeah, but I I love that she puts on like an evening gown. She's got the the the, the, you know, the sexy gloves on to go and eat a taco. But <laughs> the whole thing's just absurd. Uh, and apparently there was a uh, franchise war or something. It's, yeah, for... Taco Taco Bell survived the franchise wars, and now all restaurants are Taco Bell. What is it? I don't know what that means though. Like. Was there a, was there a trench where McDonald's and Taco Bell and Burger King were all like firing shots at each other? Was it a game show? Like I can see like a maybe there was no I don't think there really was any reality TV or game show like that at the time. But the, the question is this, like, I have in the future that's gone too far. The question I have: If all restaurants are Taco Bell, have Taco Bell absorbed all the other food types that all the other places sold? Or are all you can eat now Mexican food? Is that all that is available at a restaurant now? I guess so, unless they expand their menu. That's what I'm saying. Did they incorporate all the menus? Like, so there's like a McDonald's section on the menu, and like a burger kicks out. Well, that, that's kind of redundant, but you know what I mean. Well, there's no meat. I'm sure they have substitutes. <laughs> or something. I don't know. Uh, say what you want, but that wrap burger looked tasty. Ugh. <laughs> Stallone sold it. He sold how good that burger is. Like, oh yeah, what a burger! <laughs> Give me the burger. <laughs> I immediately thought the same thing. Where I'm like, what? 
where are the cows though uh, although I, I want to critique something here i would never like eat hand food with a glove on i think that is disgusting but you know that's that's neither here nor there okay he's been climbing down to the sewer with those gloves on <laughs> And he's just casually picked up the burger with that. Anyway. Uh, it's already a rat burger. <laughs> he's already getting something. It's cooked. It's cooked. It's cooked rat burger. It's fine. Um, yeah. So obviously this is where Stolen kind of first gets the impression that something's not quite right in the sense that when he catches some of these bad guys like stealing from like a food truck, when he shakes the guy down, like, he, you know, he drops like just like basic food and he's like, huh? Obviously, like, he's our hero, so he doesn't, like, yeah, he's not going to necessarily, like, beat people to shit because they're stealing food because they need to eat. Like, that, you know, that's a bit different from, the, you know, the type of criminals he's usually chasing down. Yeah, from so, the Joker. Yeah, <laughs> so he, you know, he's having, he's starting to think about it a little bit differently, he's starting to, and he's already insulted the mayor dude at the, the, the dinner because he tells him that this future shit, <laughs> and he's been woken up into a world where his wife's dead. He's too scared to see what his daughter's like now because she might not like him. That was disappointing that we didn't get to see her. It does kind of feel like I'm used to it not being there, so I didn't really think about it this time. But yeah, like if if I think about seeing it for the first time, it does kind of feel like maybe it's setting up like a thing at the end for him. Like, you know, even if you don't see her, but you just see him like making the choice to go to her, like you know, maybe going to the door or something. Maybe that would be too serious for this type of movie. Yeah, maybe, I guess. Yeah. Uh, they want to end on something silly and happy. Of course they do, of course. But uh, Sandra Bullock is so enamored with all this action uh, after he, he, he chases down some criminals at the dinner that she's like, I was wondering if maybe you would like to have sex. And he's like, with you? Like right now? He's like, yeah. And he's like, here? All right then. I, I, I would. Yes, definitely. Sign me up. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, his reactions are so funny. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I'll, okay. Uh, just to critique it from an objective point of view for a second, he found out that, like that morning his wife was dead. <laughs> well, I mean, we all mourn in our own special way. <laughs> Having sex with beautiful women, yes. This is a great way to mourn. <laughs> with uh, peak Sandy Bullock. <laughs> oh, dear. But of course, to, to his disappointment, she comes out with uh, like these headset things on and basically has like Xavier sex where she's like beaming cerebral style sex images to him and he freaks out it doesn't look nice like it looks nah. like it's yeah it looks uh I don't know, it looks like you're being like brainwashed or something she she approaches him so casual like this is just a thing we could do it's no big deal this well of course it's casual because it's it's closer to playing like uh it's closer to me saying, hey, Tara, do you want to like, play some co-op video games together than it is sex? That's why it's so casual. Yeah. <laughs> it's closer to that. It's it's, 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 uh, so it's like that um, uh, Black Mirror episode, Striking Vipers. It's, it's kind yeah. of getting get to that territory where <laughs> people have seen that. Um, but, I, you know, it's, it's, he he freaks out. He's like, oh, what is this? This is weird and kind of disgusting. Well, you know, uh, and I, I, I do want to point out some of the things he calls sex in this scene because they, they stuck out to me because he's like, let's do it the old-fashioned way. Or, and she's like, what are you talking about? Like, you mean touching? Fluids? And he's like, yeah, you know, the the the, 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 the rumpa-chompa or something he calls it. He calls it something really weird. The, the bon- mambo combo? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mambo combo, mambo chomp. <laughs> he has a couple of... The first thing he says, boning, which, okay, I've heard of that. That sounds like a normal term. Uh, but date, perhaps, but but I've heard of it. Uh, and then the next two he says are just like, 
Wait, what? <laughs> You're just making up phrases now, Sly. Come on now. <laughs> You're just making them up. He comes from another time. Maybe we've just never heard of him. <laughs> no, he's supposed to be the one that we can recognize all the things. It's the future <laughs> characters that are meant to say silly shit <laughs> that we don't understand. Yeah, yeah. It's a super silly scene, but very, very memorable. Definitely something that you remember from watching this film, even a long time ago when you didn't know what sex was. Yeah. And he, you know, he gets upset when he finds out kissing is also illegal because he was a good kisser. Yeah, that was kind of cute, actually, his line delivery. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it felt like he genuinely believed that. He, he tries his luck anyway. He goes in for a kiss, and he's, he thinks he's being kind of hot and sexy when she's like, what are you doing? He's like, breaking, breaking the, the law. law. And uh, do you know, it's just for a second, because it's... Breaking the law. Yeah, just for a second, because it's Sylvester Stallone saying the word law, I'm just like, Judge Dredd. I'm just, I'm hearing Judge Dredd. <laughs> breaking the law. <laughs> it's okay. I am the law. So he, try, he tries to kiss her, but she steps away from him and says, Go, you disgust me. No, she doesn't say it like that, though. Oh, yeah, because okay. she, she says it super, like, it's not a big deal. Like, I would like for you to leave my domicile now. Or something like that. Yeah, but she's no, she, there pointing at the door. Yeah, but she is upset, though, because she calls him a uh, barbarian or something like that. She, she, like, yeah. All throughout the movie, like Bob Gunter's character and some of the others, have been saying things like he's a barbarian, he's like, you know, he's a caveman, he's uncivilized, but she's been sticking up for him the whole time. This is the only time in the movie where she says something like that because she feels like, oh, he's made me feel like I'm weird and different now because, you know, we've had this miscommunication here. Uh, but I do, I do, you know what, props to Sly for thinking that he's going to get her to like completely abandon what she's grown up with her entire life as being considered the right, like appropriate way to be intimate with someone, mm-hmm. uh, just with a bit of charm. Turns out it'll only take another day or two, but still, <laughs> like, <laughs> he gives that. He gives it his best. I'm surprised he didn't give the virtual reality thing a second go. Like, okay, well, we well, can, okay, let's just see where this goes. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, if you, you'd be like, well, okay, I'll, I'll, t- I'll take the, the, the consultation prize. Okay, <laughs> give me the VR thing. <laughs> Maybe it's great. Let's see how it goes. Uh, he does get a, he does get a cop a look at someone else though. Yeah, that's funny. Randomly. It just, it's what it felt like. It felt like Warner Bros. put on the one saying, we want at least one pair of boobs in this movie. And they went, oh shit, we've not done it yet. How do we squeeze in a naked woman? Um, oh, someone gives them a, dials the wrong number and <laughs> phones them and they're, they're topless. Right, done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that said, though, it's worth it for Sly's reaction where he's just kind of like, <gasps> which... <laughs> that uh, happens here? <laughs> which is it's kind of wild because... You don't imagine the world where no one's touching each other is the world where someone is like giving someone like a a sexy phone, like a video call where they're just topless to start with. I mean, that could lead to the virtual reality. I suppose. Yeah, you have to be in the same room because again, like playing a video game over the internet, is it not just like, <laughs> like yeah? You, you... There seems to be like they have to wear a helmet thing that's connected to a thing to okay. transfer the thoughts. I suppose. All right. All right. Uh, I'm just saying, that feels like you could do this remotely. The rules established here, picking them up. <laughs> yeah, yes, awful future. Yeah. Seems okay. Awful, it's absolutely awful. I can't go on board this at all. Uh, <laughs> that said, smoking being illegal, I can get behind that. That is that is a fantastic future that I would happily live in. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, yeah, so next day he apologizes and gives her a, a jumper that he's knighted for her and it's like, oddly, so it's oddly sweet and I'm like, 
this feels oddly unsophisticated. And then that's, they get in the car and they have the conversation that we can we find out why he's able to do this and yeah. so on. This is part of his uh, rehabilitation is that he has to learn a hobby that's very neutral. And uh, I guess it's programmed to his personality and what he's actually would be very good at if he, you know, gave any interest in it. Yeah, give and it, it a turns try. out to just be knitting. He's a very good knitter. <laughs> he makes a sweater for her overnight. He does. Uh, My grandma he, used to do that for me and it would take months. And he admits as well that, uh, like, as soon as he woke up, he had these urges to, like, yeah, knit things. I and <laughs> like, oh, like, oh, God. He's been suppressing them this whole time because it's not masculine. <laughs> Honestly, like, if you wanted to do, like, a more, like, you can still have it be funny and still have a, a lot of the same jokes, but I, I suppose, like, an even better version of this movie is if you if you view a bit more like Galaxy Quest where there's actually a good message in the story and perhaps you could do like something about masculinity and like how he views mm-hmm. himself and how the world views him, you could probably tell quite a like I'm fine the way it is, but like you could probably oh, sure, yeah. make an even I think better this movie. movie. Could use a little bit more of that, honestly yeah. though. A little bit more tongue in cheek and well maybe not tongue in cheek. Well it, like... it would take it out of B movie, because right now it's a B movie and it's a really fun B movie, but it would take it out of that into you know, just great if it, if it did if it yeah, did something if like it that. Yeah, it was about something. Yeah, maybe if maybe if this was a Verhoeven film, <laughs> if he got the script, you know, it's not cynical enough for Verhoeven. <laughs> I don't know. I think it could be up his alley uh, if he yeah. got Demolition Man script and then had his had his dirty little paws in it. I I guarantee you that <laughs> VR sex or almost sex scene would have been a lot kinkier. <laughs> oh, the whole movie would have been kinkier. <laughs> Sex is outlawed, which is why everyone feels comfortable walking about topless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Great. No touching. <laughs> no, no more tan lines. Nice. Uh, what am I thinking of? Where someone goes, no touching. Oh, it's Arrested Development. It's just the, it's the, it's the visit <laughs> yeah. at the start of Arrested Development in the, in the prison. That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> no touching. <laughs> Uh, yeah of course he while he was knitting he watched the security footage and saw that the mayor dude is a villain and clearly is up to something with wesley snipes's character uh so he insists they go there to confront him and he shoots all of his little screens but one of the stupid little future things that we haven't mentioned yet is that the mayor when he's having like a conference he has like everyone's not there but there's like these like podiums with screens at all the chairs and they all turn to follow him whenever he's walking around i love that (laughs) it's so stupid i need more of that actually in this movie also also, this is not actually a huge deal, but I also thought it was kind of absurd how zoomed in all of the cameras were to their faces. Like, like it's right up to, like, you know, here. Yeah, like, I, I guess it makes sense, you know, if he's walking around and stuff, he needs to have a, you know, a better view of the people. He can make them larger, you know, kind of like a large print version of a human being. I actually think it makes it harder to tell who it is because you can't see their, their like, all of their head and their hair and stuff. But, you know, like... Some of the things that quickly just at a glance tell you who someone is is like their you know, their their outline features, you know, and those are all gone. It's just it's just this. He just needs to know how people are reacting to what he's saying. Sure. Okay. Okay. But yeah, so that's all and shoots them all. That's <laughs> what we're gonna. He kept a gun from the museum and shoots <laughs> them all. Uh, and he's like, "I'm going." And the mayor orders them to put him back into the ice. But he's Sylvester Stallone. He's, he's John Spartan. He's not just going to accept that. So he has Sandra Bullock and the the other guy whose name I couldn't even bother telling you. 
Benjamin Brett. Oh, that actually does sound familiar. Maybe I've seen him in something else. Yeah, I mean, he used to be with J-Lo. Oh, really? I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, he's in Miss Congeniality, funnily enough. He's in another uh, Sandra Bullock uh, movie. Another Sandy flick. And he was in 14 years of Law & Order, <laughs> apparently. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. Uh, cool. Um, so they go down into the sewers because Stallone's got this idea that that's where Simon's hiding because like, that's why they can't find him is because he's in the one place that their system doesn't monitor. Uh, so they get into this like underground town where it's like uh, like in a post-apocalyptic movie you'd have like people living in the sewers and they've, but they've got like a market they've got like uh, food stalls and stuff and it's all that so he gets really excited because those burgers they you know which turns out to you be rat smell it yeah everyone's yeah. like what is that vile scent and he's like oh mm, nectar written by Tara get get it in me. <laughs> I, I mean, you know what? See, when you like walk past like a small like diner place, and you, you especially if you if it's one of those places where you could there's a kind of like a a road behind it, so you're smelling like the fumes coming out of the kitchen. Sometimes you can walk past one of those places. And it's like, oh, I want food. <laughs> All of a yeah. sudden, I need. My food. brother was joking that because he lives up in like Vancouver area. He's mm. like, uh, there's lots of places you can eat here, Tara. I know because. You can always spot the vegan place because they don't have any scent when you walk by them. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of, I was about to like get mad at him, but I'm like, no, he's kind of right. <laughs> I, it's only because they all use air fryers. That's all. They contain the smell. That's all it is. Yeah, I mean, I mean, some things maybe have a scent, but nothing has a scent like burning flesh. Oh yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I would argue that like, uh, Brussels sprouts stink to high heavens whenever they're being boiled. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know a lot of vegan places that serve Brussels sprouts. Though. Sure, I, mean, I just it was the what, it was the thing I could think of that like smells cabbage, yeah, strong. Cabbage has, yeah, cabbage has has a sulfur scent. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that stinks. But yeah, but yeah, by and large, like I wouldn't say I can smell carrots when they're being cooked. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, so they they they're right at Dennis Lee. It was a bit of a standoff, but he's, they they kind of like ultimately see eye to eye. Uh, or they're starting to when Wesley Snipes shows up. And what I, what I thought was funny is Wesley Snipes asked, like he's, he was making a deal with the mayor, dude. He's like, hey, okay, I'll kill this guy for you. And he's programmed not to be able to kill the mayor. But he asks him, hey, I'm going to need like another, like say five or six people uh, to back me up. Two points on this. When we see him with his team, he's got like 25 people, not six, <laughs> right? And, unless like only six of them are from this time and he's like recruited in this time period, which is absurd. Like, I don't know. Like, it's half of them have got, like, women sitting in their laps and stuff, and I'm like, where, where did all these people come from? Like, did you unth- yeah. unthaw all these? Um, and one of them is Jesse the Body of Ventura, which is cool, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. You, you don't know that he's there, really, even though he was in the opening titles, like, it Jesse uh, the Body of Ventura. <laughs> it is a bit odd. Uh, but he shows up to kill uh, Dennis Leary's character, and he's like, oh, Spartans here too, fantastic, and they just start shooting uh, it was basically that Diary of Vito meme from It's Always Sunny, so I started blasting. Yeah, that's basically what that scene is. Uh, uh, <laughs> but uh, at least to a car chase where Simon's in one of the futuristic cars. I think, I think it's Sandra Bullock's car, actually, that he steals. And uh, they, the Stallone and Sandra Bullock, end up in like an old-fashioned car that's down here, and they go up in the elevator and drive that. So Stallone can drive this one. He knows how to do this. Uh, so they have this car chase. And there's a couple of fun touches here, like... They shoot out the tires, but because he's in a because Simon's in a futuristic car, he just says 
auto inflate and they just inflate again <laughs> uh yeah, and some, right. some stuff like that but, i could have used one of those a couple weeks ago uh but there's, there's not <laughs> it's not there's not too much to i mean i will say this i appreciate that there's scenes of them like driving uh both earlier on and in this car chase where obviously if you look in the close in the background you can probably spot there's just like regular cars in the distance but they do have a decent amount of like futuristic looking cars like in the you know the surrounding they look good too i yeah. like the way they look their design is is neat and not super dated yeah like other ones like even the minority report ones which came out later than this look kind of dated you know they look like old future i think part of that's just luck really <laughs> in a way yeah when you're making oh, a sure. movie like this uh they just locked that out but they have the delorean wing doors mm -hmm. or i guess i mean some of the some of the teslas have that right yeah i think more so. expensive ones yeah, that's definitely an expensive car thing, I think, at least now, is that the, the door goes up rather than... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they're like... I think they're called wing doors because they open up like a bird's wing. Uh, yep. The tracks. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Bob Gunter wants to put John Spartan away. There's too much chaos and damage. Uh, there's like an auto frost... Demolition, man. Yeah, there's like an auto foam thing that happens in the car, which... That was uh, fun. Which I thought was funny because I was like, this is so polystyrene, but it's kind of okay because it's supposed to look like polystyrene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, just insulation. Yeah. Just a foam insulation just poof, fills up the car. Yeah. So Sandra Bullock gets to like be the road cop as well because she tells her boss to suck it and goes with Stallone. Uh, not quite though. She says, uh, you can take this job and shovel it is the exact same yeah. she uses. So cute. <laughs> So, yeah. Uh, so they go back to the ice place. It turns out his big plan, uh, and at this point he's already killed the mayor, dude. He, basically, this is so stupid. The mayor didn't think to like program all of the other people he was waking up to also not be able to kill him. Did, did that not seem like a smart idea? Because all, all Simon does is he goes, hey, Jesse the Body Ventura, kill him for me, will you please? He hands him a gun, and Jesse the Body Ventura goes, with pleasure, and shoots him. And that's it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you're an idiot. And that was... <laughs> That was his paycheck. That, that was, was his, yeah. That was his paycheck. <laughs> that was Jesse Ventura's paycheck for this movie. That was his biggest moment by far. <laughs> so I, I I do not understand uh, like the stupidity of the the, the main villain. But uh, Simon his plan is to go back to the ice prison and open all of it and get all of the bad guys. If I even references Jeffrey Dahmer as one of the people in the ice prison, uh, yeah, who's uh, who's so hot right now? Uh, yeah, topical uh, just by happenstance because <laughs> of the Netflix show. Uh, and some controversy about it, but um, he's like, he's like, I love that guy. Yeah, let's wake him up. Uh, like, so Simon's just like comically evil. He just loves like villains. And at one point, he gives yeah. like a rah rah speech to his his uh, fellow criminals. Like, I want you to loot. I want you to pillage. I want you to kill people. <laughs> he just, that's all he says. It's like, just I want chaos. Yep. He's Joker. But more. Uh, it makes more sense than the Joker. I would say. <laughs> He's not as erratic as the Joker. I I guess. He likes his gasoline, though. He does. He likes to set things on fire. That's that's for sure. <coughs> so, uh, our big final fight scene, uh, after Stallone knocks out Sandra Bullock, because he doesn't want her to get, be put in danger. Uh, yeah, which was... Eh. It, uh, yeah. But dated. I, I thought this, this trope. Mm. Yeah. Uh, especially since it's not like she wakes up and then helps him in the end to prove that he was wrong. She just stays knocked out until after the final fight and shows up and says, I understand why you knocked me out. Yeah, and then, like, he lays a smooch on her and she loves it. Yes. Happy, happy ending. Man gets hot girl. 
Yeah. The end. The same ending in the Judge Dread movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't kiss her in uh, Judge Dread. Yeah, they do. They kiss. Do they? I, I thought we talked about that because it was kind of like this. We they didn't really have like this relationship, and then it's like weird. Okay, what sure. They do at the very end. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that it felt platonic, and I just forgotten about the kiss. But yeah, yeah. Okay, if that's a conversation we had, then fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least these two have chemistry in this film. You know. Well, I mean, it's it's clearly a hinting room. I mean, at the very least, Sandra Bullock asked for some sex at one point. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> that's set up. But it's future sex. You future know, sex. It's different. It could be platonic. Yeah, but at the end of the movie, clearly she's open to because she's like, "Oh, we're all bodily fluid exchanges as good as this," and he's like, "I guess better. he was a good kisser." They're better, and she's like, "Better." <laughs> <laughs> oh no, my my! Uh, the downside to this though is I'm pretty sure there's not going to be a lot of contraception lying around if the sex has been outlawed for a long time. They're going to have to get creative. Yeah, better get those permits ready. Uh, get the uh, the crisp packet ready. The what? <laughs> It's a bad joke. It's a bad joke. Uh, okay. It's, 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 it's Scottish uh, humor I don't get. A chip bag for you, I guess. Oh, okay. It's funny because it's crinkly and like it would be immensely uncomfortable. Oh, okay. I thought so, you were just like making up or like telling me a slang for condom. No, 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 no. It's it's an it's it's an old like. Juvenile joke. If you can if you don't have a condom, then get get the uh, like, the joke being that the oh. guy's willing to do anything to have sex, so you'll just use a crisp packet. Is the joke? Well, no wonder you don't like salt. <laughs> <laughs> that would be very uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. Anyway, um, but yeah. Uh, this big fight though is fun. I, I do look. Stallone has this really cool moment when he's going in, where he uses a key card to unlock the door. But he sort of got his back to the door and he's looking towards the camera with holding the gun up, and then he sort of turns around all dramatic. And I'm like, why were you looking this way though? I, I don't understand why you weren't looking the way you were going. <laughs> You've walked through this way. <laughs> well, he had the moment in the in the opening fight also where he's like in a hallway and there's another guy coming up and he's not even looking at the guy but he still like hits him or shoots him or something mm. when the guy's coming up from the the hallway that's perpendicular it's just badass action movie stuff uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. by and large but uh, i'm just knowing it because it gave me a chuckle uh but we get this fight playing out where they're shooting each other around all the ace blocks and uh like simon's just killed a bunch of the scientists that he's been made work working for him and we haven't even mentioned the sort of kind of camp big chubby guy that works for the mayor, but he like basically pledges his allegiance to Simon as soon as like his boss is killed. He's like, I will serve under your administration. So he's kind of like cowering around and being scared. Is uh, he a Tim Burton actor? Is he, is oh, he, he may like be. Beetlejuice or something? That seems like the sort of thing that he would be, uh, he would be he's in. He's so familiar from something from the Glenn Shaddix is the actor's name. Uh, he is in Beetlejuice. He's in Nightmare Before Christmas. He's in... Heathers, so he's but yeah, so he's in a bunch of stuff. Uh, he, is, he does look recognizable, to be fair. Like uh, he seemed familiar to me as well. Mm. I couldn't have told you what he was in, but well, I freaking nailed it. Yes, you did. Have some points. <laughs> you can keep salt. I'll let it exist just for you. Thank you. That's your price for my potatoes. <laughs> uh. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the big ending is, uh, you know, Spartan's kind of losing, and 
I guess it makes sense because Simon's got super strength, <laughs> so he's winning. Um, but they're fighting. Uh, the ending's quite fun though because uh, Spartan crushes like the little like ball thing that releases like wh- whatever they use to like freeze the you know the the bathtubs with. Um, he smashes it on the ground and jumps up onto the big hook that like picks up the uh, you know the ice blocks that the people are in and. Simon, yeah, Simon slowly freezes. We see the free, you know, the, the ice going up his body until he's completely frozen, and then Stallone swings on the claw, kicks him in the head, kicks his head off right after he says "heads up," and then the head lands on the ground and smashes. And I think my favorite part of this is that when his head smashes into you know a million pieces, is that there's bits of red in it mm-hmm. for the for the insides. And I was like, oh, that's that's a good touch. It looks better. It looks more. Yeah, he looks. <laughs> He looks dead. Yeah, quote, quote, unquote, <laughs> I'll say realistic. It looks more realistic than just bits of ice, if that's, I guess that's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so. Which uh, a call back to the first fight, right? Where he's like, I almost lost my head or something. Yeah, yeah. There's also another, because uh, in the first scene, Simon says, is it me or is it cold in here? And then mm-hmm. Stallone says that uh, in the ending fight. He goes, good memory, even though it was only like a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Although, yeah, but Stallone earlier in the film implies that on some level he was conscious for the whole time. Oh, really? Yeah, because he says hey. that at the dinner table. He talks about how he was how he had this, like, 36-year nightmare. And I guess it makes sense that they'd have to experience it. Because otherwise, like... Because the brain can't be dead. They've got the little... Yeah. But not hickeys on but, their brain and heart. But even as a punishment, though, like, if they just wake up and it's like no time has passed to them, is it really that much of a punishment? All, all in the fact that maybe people they knew are dead... Like, they're not experiencing the punishment. You know, they're not... Um... Yeah, they're just time-traveling. Yeah. So it makes sense that in some level they are kind of conscious of what's going on. It's like been in a coma, I guess, for, you know, 36 years. Uh, which, Wild. You know, it's a fun idea. Yeah, you know, The movie doesn't really try to answer or even ask many tough questions. There is the one moment when they come out and, like, Dennis Leary and all these guys have came to help and uh like you know bob gunter's complaining that their civilization is going to fall apart now because you've destroyed everything and stallone says like between you and dennis leary like your two extremes something in the middle between i think is perfect work it out and then he just walks off with sandra Bullock. <laughs> like like i feel like that's just a quick way of it saying right there's this is no real answers here this is just a bit of fun just you know that's it that's all you're getting which is fair enough by and large for this movie, sure. Oh, yeah. Like, if this was a more serious movie or if it was actually about something, I would expect more from it. I'd expect it to take some kind of stance. But, you know, because clearly the idea that everyone's been controlled and, like, the, the the way that the, the villains, like, try to, like, exterminate people who don't conform to his society. Like, yeah, super evil and villainous and fascist and all the rest of it. Uh, but then there's other things like, yeah, no crime sounds not bad. <laughs> If this were Verhoeven's film, he would have taken a stand. I agree with that, because he doesn't know how to not take a stand. <laughs> yeah, I Yeah, I think... Um, yeah, would it be an even better movie if it had more of like a, an opinion and something to actually say? Yeah, sure. As it is, I, I think it's just meant to be light entertainment, and it's very good <laughs> at that. So I have no real problems with it. Um, and I, you know, I was a little bit worried. Oh, am I going to like recognize things in here that I don't like? And for the most part, I don't think it is. I think it's just like there's some things that kind of fall into like, you know, like politics that I don't agree with. But I don't really think it's trying to promote them. I think it's mostly just, 
you know it's yeah it's saying like you should be somewhere in the middle i suppose yeah. if it is taking a stance on anything <clears throat> yeah because it doesn't make any effort to like really try and fix either side uh you know either groups like thing um clearly both are a bit off so uh maybe a lot off you might say um but there's obviously things about this future yeah that we absolutely like agree with like yeah no guns sounds great uh no crime sounds fantastic uh but if you're doing that by making everyone zombies and giving them no choice in anything then you know that's not so good because it's not really sure. yeah it's not real at that point you're just making zombie slaves well i don't really yeah you'd have to have yeah, you should also have to be able to feed everybody and not mm -hmm. have people wanting for food and or just like whatever the hierarchy of needs thing you know the bottom thing <laughs> should be covered which just reminded me actually there's a so when dennis lee is explaining why he does what he does and he's saying he wants to do you know drink this he wants to eat that he wants to do this one of the things he says in his list of things that he says he wants to, the right to do I want to cover my body in jello and run down the street naked reading Playboy if I feel like it. And I'm like, that is very specific. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where he goes full Dennis Leary stand-up. I'm pretty sure he just improvised that. Probably. I, I imagine every take may have been a different set of things that he said, and then they just picked whatever one they liked the most. You know, this is the right time for the outtakes to be played during the credits, but they had a missed opportunity there. Yeah, I guess they'd, even though it's mostly a silly movie, I guess they felt like they didn't want that. I, I will say, just from a, like a structure point of view, it is, it, it's kind the, of a... The song that plays is kind of silly. Sure, but like, I, I was going to say, from a structural point of view, I do think it's, uh, to give a sort of constructive criticism, I do think it's kind of weird that a lot of the smaller characters just disappear and don't come back after like the first half. Like, mm -hmm. Rob Schneider is gone. You don't really see him again. Um... Same with the chubby cop. Same with the older cop that the nose sly at first. Like same oh. with the daughter that's brought up. They don't like. Well, we never meet her with that. Yeah, we never meet her. But I'm I'm talking about characters we actually met. Like a lot of them yeah. just disappear and don't come come you know come back up again uh, for the second half of the movie. And not, not that I'm expecting them to have big arcs or anything, but it's the sort of thing where. I think most movie scripts would try to include them, like, maybe, like, when they're trying to get in somewhere towards the end, they would call Rob Schneider's character and say, hey, you have to open something for us. So it would get him involved a little bit, even if it's just from the desk, just to, like, yeah. get them involved in some way so that they have to, like, be part of it. Uh, so that's a little bit weird. It's not a big deal, but it does, it does stick out to me because I actually kind of like those characters and wanted a little yeah. bit more of them, so... <laughs> Oh, I, I definitely, I, I really love the first half of this film a lot. And the second half takes a bit of a dip just because it's mostly action stuff and mm -hmm. the action stuff is fine. It's fine, but it's not great, yeah. Um, luckily, we still have Sandra Bullock for most of it, uh, although she does disappear for the last, you know, action scene. So that's unfortunate. That is a shame. Uh, but apparently Stallone enjoyed working with Rob Schneider so much that he brought him with him to Mega City 1 for Judge Dredd. <laughs> I am the law. <laughs> We've got a lot of potential, you and I. We're going to go off and do a movie together. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Good good times. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. That's Demolition Man, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah. There's some fun concepts in here. Uh, the the general idea of freezing people uh, as, as punishment didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, although at least if they are kind of experiencing it in some way, then I guess it does make sense. It's, I suppose it's better than capital punishment. Yeah. 
well, I think what's funny about it is that one, it's lucky that the uh, the frozen prison place didn't get hit by the earthquake too badly, so no, no one mm-hmm. got lost in the transition. Oh, did they blow up the uh, cryogenics prison though at the end of this movie? Like, at the end, people die. <sighs> Aye. <laughs> and there could be. I mean, Stallone was innocent, so there could be other innocent people that were killed. Shouldn't he go to jail again? <laughs> that is absolutely true. Well, I wonder if it wasn't like the whole building though, because it felt like it was just essentially really pulled them out for processing. Maybe like there was the... a, a frozen person like, oh, yeah, in the... that room when they were fighting. But that was one of the really bad ones that Wesley Snipes was about to wake up. I'm thinking mm-hmm. that the uh... maybe that was Dahmer. I'm thinking that the sort of rows and rows, I presume, that exists of the containment are looking at a different part of the building and that was probably not affected. Because it wasn't like the whole building, it wasn't like the building at the start where the entire thing just like blew up into pieces. This was more like this room kind of went and all the windows blew out. It wasn't like, oh, there's nothing to walk in anymore. <laughs> so. Do they only sound like they're really bad criminal criminals to be frozen? Or like if you get a light sentence, do you have to spend like 60 days frozen? <laughs> Well, no that one's seems excessive, right? Because that would be expensive. Yeah, but no one's been killed since 2010, so no one will have been sent here in at least 22 years. Yeah, but okay. Because they, they say in the movie that the only crimes they really deal with are a bit of graffiti, some like, you know, like drunken disorderly, maybe. <laughs> I remember what she said, but then she lists like two or three things, and it was all just well, little small things. Yeah. Well, okay, it wasn't alcohol then, but yeah. Uh, so, you know. Um, anyway. It's it's a it's an amusing world to be in. It never feels real because it's just it's too silly. Because part of what I was thinking is okay, okay, this is San Andreas, but like, is the rest of the world a utopia or is it just California? Like, you know, because if other parts of the city or the or the country are still like they used to be, then wouldn't it make more sense just to bring in a cop from New York or something <laughs> to come and do this? Yeah, yeah. And is the rest of the world involved too? Yeah. Uh, you know basically have like it's like a beverly hills cop plot except instead of detroit to beverly hills it's uh detroit to san andreas nice <laughs> and it's more of a utopia which in a weird way beverly hills cop is kind of that idea just in a much more grounded way and that you know he's from this like awful city and he doesn't play by beverly hills cops rules and things like that uh but obviously by the end they learn to love him but do you hear like all the the casting that's happening for that new one that's coming out? Like they're getting everybody back. Yeah, I saw uh, an image on set of Judge Reinhold and the uh, and Taggart. <laughs> Does yeah. he still act? I don't think he did, but I guess they paid him enough for this. <laughs> I mean, I guess he was in an episode of Arrested Development. <laughs> you realize that was like fifteen years ago now. Well, maybe he'll come back, you know. Our for... development was like 2005-2007 or something like that. let's do the judges' aunts. <laughs> the judges' aunts. <laughs> Is he still married to Phoebe Case? Is that a thing that lasted, or? I don't know. I'm curious. Uh, yeah. Is that... she a police academy girl? I don't think so. No. I don't know who that is. Oh, she's in Gremlin. She's in Fast Times at Richmond High. That's basically our two big rules, I think. You've seen Gremlins? Yeah, ages ago. Okay. I don't remember the girl in it. I remember Gizmo. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Beverly Hills Cop, like, I remember wanting a fourth one when I was a kid because I wanted a sequel to everything I liked when I was a kid. Oh, yeah, uh, more please. 
and now it's, you know, it's just weird that finally, after all this time, and there was going to be a movie, and then there was going to be a TV show that didn't go through, and now finally there's going to be a movie that's actually shooting. And yeah. it's like, everyone is like in their 60s, <laughs> if not 70s. <laughs> well, they can't all be Mavericks. <laughs> Even he's so like 60, though. Like, you know? I know, but he still looks good. Yeah. Oh, he's starting to look it, though. I can, I can see the face changing now. Like, that, for a long time, I couldn't. But now I'm like, oh, no, I'm seeing it. I don't know, man. He was playing football on the beach with those guys, and he looked like he belonged. I mean, he got tired and had to sit down halfway through. The rest oh. of them kept playing. Zeno would not allow that. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'll give them credit. His love interest was like 50. That, that's an improvement for, for Tom Cruise movies. Even though it wasn't the, you know, the woman who actually aged alongside him. No, no, no. Uh... Kelly McGillis? <laughs> no. But not Jennifer Connelly, to be fair, is actually about 50, I think, so... You know, it didn't go silly with the age. They did find an age-appropriate lady who also has aged very well, much like Tom Cruise. Yes. Oh, for sure, yeah. yeah. I'm not yeah. denying Jennifer Connelly's uh, still an attractive woman. But uh, there you go. That's Demolition Man. We went off topic there for a minute, but uh, it's late. I guess it's time to, to rate Demolition Man. So uh, what are you going to give it? You know, when the, the movie started and the, for that first hour, I was just like, man, this movie is fantastic. It is so funny. It is so clever. I, I just love it. And um, why don't I watch it more? And then, you know, the rest of the movie played out and it was just kind of fine. It was still good, but like not great. So I can't quite give it the great, but I'll go just below and say 7.5. Yeah. I, to be fair, I think um, you're maybe off with your percentage a little bit in the sense that I think the movie, you're, I think you'd be surprised if you look at what time it's at when it gets to certain parts because there's so much setup early on that by the time they go down to like the, the, the sewers, which is kind of where the third act starts, mm-hmm. uh, that's like 90 minutes in or close I, to yeah, it. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. I'm, I think I, I clocked it at uh, 20 minutes before the end when Jesse Ventura finally showed yeah. up. Because <laughs> the, uh, the Taco Bell scene is like right in the middle of the movie and there's still good stuff after that, you know. So There is, yeah. Um, yeah, you're right, you're right. But it's still it's just shy of great for me. Yeah, so no, I'm no, just... I agree. Yeah. So, so what was the number? Sorry. Seven point five. Seven point five. Yeah, I, honestly, it's the right score. It's just, it, I can't quite say great, even though I love watching it and so much of it is very quotable. I have a lot of nostalgia for it. Um, it's just yeah, because the action is not good enough to make it great. And because it's not got that extra layer where it's actually saying something and, and actually quite smart. Like, a lot of the jokes are quite witty and funny, but they're, there's not really a meaning behind a lot of them, I don't think, uh, compared to something like Galaxy Quest or other comedic science fiction films that, you know. So. Even Robocop. I mean, the, the yeah. comedy of that is all, you know, saying Well, yeah, something. but that, that entire movie's very, like... That movie has layers. That movie's not just saying something. It's it's not only satirical, but it's got a great character arc. This movie doesn't have a character arc. Uh, in fact, the other thing I'd say is kind of the opposite. Like John Spartan has to match yeah, to him. Yeah, yeah. John Spartan <laughs> stays the same, and everyone else learns that they should should change and be more like him, which actually seems like a bad idea. Especially if they're because the whole thing he says is like at the start of the movie and the end of the movie he says they send in a maniac to catch a maniac. And I'm like, surely the point of that would be he's the type of character who is necessary and we have to accept that we need him, but ultimately he's not what most of the people should be like. 
But in the movie, yeah. never makes that point. The movie is like everyone else. Like, oh, we should be more like John Spartan. <laughs> we should all be badasses and cool. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, seven point five. It's a good fun time. Uh, I'd have a lot of love for it, but yeah, I can't quite call it great for the reasons outlined. So. There you go. That is Demolition Man. Uh, let us know what you think of Z Movie in the comments and stuff. Uh, we would like to hear about it. Uh, but of course, I will take this time uh, to tell you about a couple things. Um, you can get a couple of bonuses over on Patreon. Uh, you get Meltdown, which is our monthly show where we talk about different movies that we've been watching that are not sci-fi. Uh, we also quiz each other on sci-fi movies in that. <laughs> you get that at the $5 tier. At uh, the $3 tier, you get the bonus episode once a month where we just review a movie. Usually a dumb movie. It's usually like a, a weird B movie or something. Uh, Judge Dredd. Like Judge Dredd, which was the first ever one we did. Uh, or we'll do like uh, the sort of lesser known sequels to films that we've done in the main show. So we just did Species 2, for example. That was September's bonus movie. Um, so, yeah. But where can they find all that, Tara? That would be patreon.com slash... <laughs> Mafas TV. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect you to forget the Patreon page. Well, I mean, <laughs> you, you you did something different this time. I wanted to make you a point. Me, out. I've got Kelly Buddy syndrome. <laughs> I can't learn something new. I wanted to specifically promote the the, the two shows, but they, they get other things like early access and voting rights and. Yep. Why not? Yeah. Uh, I'm giving you to them this time, but next time I expect you to add those on. <laughs> okay. I don't know why you switched it up this time. Because <laughs> I feel like switching it up. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> I think you had a moment where you just forgot that I'm the one who does it. I did not. Come on, though. I, I, I'm I always on the ball when it comes I th- to... I think I think you just sort of went, well, I'm committed to this now. No, oh, no, no, no. No, no. I have been saying for several episodes that I've wanted to make more of an effort to promote the, the bonus content <laughs> and tell them what it is. Yeah, okay. You said the same thing I always say. No, you don't. You always just say tri- uh, the Transfer Saga and the Tremor Saga. We did those. <laughs> oh, that's what you wanted to promote? No, no, no. no. I'll, I'll try to get away from those and promote the rest of the bonus thing. There you're talking about Meltdown. Yeah, Meltdown. I wanted to promote Meltdown and I wanted to promote maybe the most recent bonus episode. Mm. I always forget what we do. I know, I know. Uh, I'm starting to worry that the people think that we only have five bonus episodes because it's the same ones you always tell them about. <laughs> yeah. Tremor sequels, Transfer Saga, Species, Philadelphia Experiment 2. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's actually like forty plus bonus episodes now, so uh, yeah, go and peruse at your Dang. your heart's content. And some good some good standalone ones like Rotor and uh, Extra. Extra was oh Extra was good. Yeah, yeah. I mean not good good, but good. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Bad good or good bad, whatever we want to talk about it. I wouldn't say it's a bad movie at all. I don't remember exactly what I said, to be honest, but I remember the overall feeling positive about it, so. The Brain? Mm-hmm. Yes, that Did was we do a- another thing with David Gale? Yeah, The Giver. The Giver. Was that bonus? Yeah. Okay, yeah, The Giver is a good one. Yeah, Giver was, was fun. 
So there you go, that is, uh, that is the show. Uh, of course, you can also support us by hitting the super thanks button on YouTube. You can also uh, like, subscribe, ding the bell for notifications, follow us on Twitter at Screams Midnight. Help, spare the spare? Help spread the show around to, to new people and, you know, uh, rate us highly on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, I'll also take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month. So thank you very much to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Sharp, Bordenow, Christopher Moy, David Brown, Al Treisman, and Alison M. Fordyce. So thank you very much to all of you and all of our patrons for help keeping all the content coming. And with all that said, uh, next time on the show, we will be talking about a little 90s film called Cube. So, uh, which, have you seen Cube before? I have not. Oh, this is exciting. This is first, first, first time Cuber. Yeah. I mean, it's a puzzle movie, right? Yes. I'm sure you'll solve it. You'll crack the code. I have complete faith in you. Are you kidding? Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I feel like you don't even know me. <laughs> I may have been uh, intentionally poking fun with that particular statement. Oh, well, see. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I look forward to that. Uh, but that's does. Thank you very much once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching science fiction and computer... At Salsa.